Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. things. Um, just, I'm just going to take some personal liberty for just a second before I get into the word this morning. Two things. One, we talk about this. I know I've heard um, Tari say this on numerous occasions uh, when he's on a microphone. He says, we don't take this for granted. Um, can I just encourage you this morning not to take the privilege that we have to worship together for granted? Uh, some of you will know his name. Some of you don't. Um, but we used to have a young man that was part of our youth ministry that is now the senior pastor at the church I was a youth pastor at in in Greenville, North Carolina. It's weird how uh, God works things out. They couldn't have church this morning. It's against the law. Um, The governor stepped in and said, you cannot meet if you have more than 100 people. So they could not meet this morning. Um, So they just made the decision that at least for now uh, that they wouldn't. But I want you to understand that this is a privilege, and we need to pray for those churches that are being impacted by this, um, and, and we just need to stand in the gap. This is a huge deal for them, and we just need to pray that the Holy Spirit will step in and give them wisdom. At some point, I'm sure they will have to make the decision, uh, if this continues, that they're going to break the law, um, but, uh, because we answer to a higher power. But I, just want to, I, just want, I, I don't want us to miss the teaching moments that bring themselves to bear in this. We cannot think that what we have enjoyed for hundreds of years is normal and that we can take it for granted. We need to understand that we have to exercise our faith. The second thing I want to do this morning is because um, uh, I know when I had my issues, health issues, you guys prayed for me. You prayed for your pastor. I I carry that same weight that um, I have a pastor. Um, And I want to pray for him this morning. My pastor... Uh, who was my pastor from the time I was about 11 years old until, well, he still, I still consider him my pastor to this day. He's retired now, 29 years in the pastorate there at Apache First. Um, he's been struggling with some blood issues for several months now, um, probably the last 8 to 10 months, I don't know. His son, who's my, one of my best friends, was also my youth pastor, by the way, uh, even though he was one year older than me, uh, called me day before yesterday, and he said, Steve, I want to tell you I'm in Apache. And I said, well, what are you doing? He never comes to Apache. I said, what are you doing in Apache? And he said, Dad had some tests. And I said, okay. And, and he said, we've been struggling. He's been struggling with some blood platelet issues. And so we came in to see what the tests were going to reveal. And they diagnosed him with leukemia. Um, they are devastated. Um, <clears throat> They're aggravated because the doctors in that area didn't, uh, weren't more proactive. But listen, this is the teaching moment out of this. My heart's heavy for him, and I know they're scared and they're devastated. Um, but either we believe Jesus can heal everything, or we don't need to believe he can heal anything. So if he can heal the cold, if he can heal a flu, if he can heal a coronavirus, then what's the difference? He can also take care of leukemia. And so um, I'm going to take a liberty this morning because he's my pastor. Um, I want to ask you to help me pray. I want us to pray together right now for Bud Jones, Sherry Jones. uh, Les Jones is his son. B.J. Jones is his other son. Some of you will recognize this this name. Uh, Jamie Scamahorn, who used to attend here, that's his daughter. So we're connected. 
All right, so um, would you help me pray for them right now? Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, the strong name of Jesus. I ask you in the name of Jesus to touch Brother Bud right now. I pray that what the doctors are saying, I, I, I think they don't understand that we, although we believe their diagnosis, we believe you more. And so we speak health and life into his blood right now. And I pray that that leukemia uh, cell, that that, 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 that that thing that's going on there, I just pray that the blood of Jesus, the, the stripes that Jesus bore on his back would be applied to that right now. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, faith would arise in that family. They've been so faithful to you for so many years. I just pray that their faithfulness would stand out to you and not as a payment, just as a remembrance of what they've done for your kingdom and for so many people and all the times they stood in the gap and all the times they carried the burden for others I just pray right now they would sense and feel that others are praying and carrying the burden for them and I just pray peace would just arrive in their house right now and that you would give them peace in their heart and we would get a miracle for brother bud in Jesus name I pray and everybody said Amen. All right, y'all all right this morning? Everybody awake? All right. Well, last week we, uh, uh, we've been all off schedule, uh, but we've been in the, uh, started a series called Holy Mess last week. I've, I've taught you, I hope, that you've listened closely enough that when God says something twice, you should listen. Uh, I didn't tell Tari what I was going to preach this morning, but when God says something twice, you better listen. All right, here we go. Last week, we talked about the Hall of Fames. Uh, I don't know if you saw the news this morning, but the Hall of Fames, or last night, the Hall of Fames shut down. All the Hall of Fames shut down temporarily because over 200,000 people darkened their door, whether it's the football, the basketball, or the baseball Hall of Fames. Over 200,000 people every year go to those to catch a glimpse of a glove or a helmet of their hero. Um, but have you ever watched one of the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies? Anybody ever watch those? I, I, I can't watch them long because they're kind of boring because I don't know the people they're talking about. But, but I've watched them enough to, I, I recognize something as I was thinking about that this week. Um, they, when, when somebody is inducted into the Hall of Fame, they get to make a speech and without fail, they always take the time to thank their coaches, their parents, the trainers, uh, their, their fellow players, uh, they, 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 they realize at some point that it's impossible for them to be in the Hall of Fame without the help of somebody else. Um, no, but it's, it's interesting to me that uh, no one else was at the plate when they, when they hit the ball. Uh, no, no, one, no one else was taking the shots that they were making. They took the shot. They made the shot. Nobody else made the cut or made the tackle that changed the course of the game. And yet every time, without fail, I've never heard one yet stand at the microphone and say, I did this all by myself. Right. Nobody. They always point to other people. And at the end of the day, what they recognize is that even individual accomplishments took place in the framework of teamwork. So, uh, as we continue our discussion, this is the last week of this, we continue our discussion about holiness. I, I want you to understand that holiness certainly comes with individual responsibilities 
individual, there are individual implications and there are individual elements that must be uh, uh, taken care of. So when we start talking about this, am I responsible? Am I personally responsible for my standing with God? Am I personally responsible for my actions, for my thoughts, my deeds? Am I, do I have a responsibility to do right if, even if everybody else does wrong? Do, do, do I have the responsibility to, to uh, walk away from sin and keep my distance from sin? The answer to all those questions is an emphatic and, a, and, and in my notes, a capitalized yes. You have individual responsibilities for your relationship with God, for the way you live your life, for what you do and what you don't do. Okay, are we all clear? Okay, that is our individual responsibility. But I think we miss a key component of holiness that we need to address because I think what's taken place is that we've neglected or completely ignored the team nature of holiness and in doing so, we've often made this a holy mess. So I'm going to read uh, two passages of scripture. One, I, ha- I don't know, uh, I-, I heard a guy do this not too long ago. He referenced this verse of scripture, but other than that, I don't know that I've ever really heard this passage of scripture connected to holiness. Then I'm going to read what I think is probably the cornerstone scripture for, for our uh, call to be holy. All right, are you ready? So join me in First Peter chapter 2. Um, verse 9, you can probably sing, sing this because when I was growing up at about 15 years old, this was, a, this was a popular song. Now it would be corny, but we used to sing this because it had that kind of, I don't know, that beat. I don't, what's, what's that beat? The, is it the, uh, uh, I don't know, just had this beat that all the songs had back then and they were kind of, is it the dance? It's the one we did this to. What is that? Yeah, the charismatic hop. We used to do that to them, right? Had that kind of, all right, so, uh, so here it is, here, here it is. But you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's the passage I haven't really heard connected with holiness, but we're going to talk about that. Then here's the, here's the cornerstone one. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And this is Jesus speaking. It's in red. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. All right, just a couple thoughts, a couple thoughts, a couple thoughts here. We are trying to live up to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, that had the dance step with it and we knew the song, literally speaks to our station as believers. It talks about how God sees us. It gives us a glimpse into what should be, uh, we should recognize as our identity. It tells us who we are. Are you with me? Okay, because let me show you. He uses these words. He says, we're chosen, we're royal, and we're holy. That's our condition. That's how God sees us. And then he tells us why he sees us this way, because he brought us out of darkness into light. Remember, I'll I'll get to it Uh, again. I want to make sure you understand holiness. The working definition for us is this, set apart. He set us apart, right? So now because he set us apart, he he sees us this way. He sees us as chosen, royal, and holy. In other words, uh, hold on, this could be a revelation to some of you. 
He sees you as if you are a member of the Hall of Fame of Faith. That's who he sees you to be. Even on your worst day, if you're believing in Christ and you're doing your best to be set apart, then he sees you as chosen, royal, and holy. But I want you to see something. Chosen people. Royal priesthood. Holy nation. I I need you to see this. I hadn't seen this before. I want you to notice people, priesthood, nation. I need you to understand that people is plural. Priesthood is plural. He didn't say, I see you as a holy priest. He said, I see you as part of the holy priesthood, a a royal priesthood, plural. Then he says, I see you as a a holy nation. Wait a minute. Nation. Nation is plural. People means that that there are more than one. Priesthood is not one individual. A nation is not comprised of one person, but rather an entire group of people. So if people, if if Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, if he describes us as a people, as a priesthood, as a nation, then why in the world do we keep trying to accomplish holiness by ourselves? Why? According to what Peter's saying, we should never attempt that on our own anyway. Okay, now wait a minute. Now Jesus comes along before Peter writes this, of course. Jesus says to his disciples, here's the cornerstone. Here is the ultimate call to holiness. Here is the ultimate call to be set apart. Here is the ultimate call to refrain from sin. Here is the ultimate call to lay down anything that gets in our way. Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, you must take up your cross daily and follow me. We quote that. I've heard that quoted. I quote it. It is the hallmark verse of scripture for us when we're dealing with whether or not we should do things, shouldn't do things. This is it. This is the one. Jesus said, lay it down, take up your cross, and follow me daily, right? Are you with me? Okay. That's that. We must live different. But I want you to go back and think about Jesus carrying the cross. Because in John, uh, you can find more detail about what takes place when Jesus is uh, carrying the cross. But you can also see it referenced in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, at least the, the surrounding events. What we discover is that when Jesus carried his cross, he had assistance. Y'all remember the account? So if Jesus had help carrying his cross, then why do we continue to act like we're strong enough to carry our cross by ourselves? I've never dealt with holiness like what I'm talking to you because what we do is we want to make it all about us. Just make it about me and my, I got to live this way. But I think we've messed it, messed it up. So here's what I want you to hear. I want you to hear a couple of statements. The first thing I want you to hear me say is this. Without assistance, holiness is hard, if not impossible. I knew I wouldn't get any help. Okay, so this is what I'm, I'm coming to grips with. Holiness is a team sport. I'm beginning to understand that we make holiness a holy mess because we make it so much harder than it actually has to be because we keep trying to pull it off as if it's a solo event or an individual event. Does that sound familiar, Tari? He just said this. We we try to do this all by ourselves because we've been taught the personal responsibility, which, which there is. 
but we've missed the corporate responsibility. Okay, so I've declared to you that uh, there is a collective ethic, and I'm going to keep saying that until we get it. There is a collective, a collective ethic that must rub off. When we spend time with one another, when we're establishing how we believe, how we behave, how we work, there is, a, there is a collective ethic that must rub off. But I don't want you to miss this statement right here as well. The collective ethic must be accompanied by a collective effort. We help each other carry the cross and the result is that the task is easier and it is doable. <clears throat> We're commanded in scripture to carry one another's burdens. I've never heard anybody say that one of the burdens that we are called to help each other carry is holiness. But is there anybody else in this room that is is as honest as I'm getting ready to be that would say living holy is hard? Has anybody else figured that out? Am I the only one that's figured out that there are times trying to live a holy, set-apart, different lifestyle is incredibly difficult? It is. In fact, you know what I've discovered? That oftentimes the cross of holiness that we're called to is not only difficult, it will break you. And will come up short. And I wonder if maybe the reason that holiness continues to break so many people is whether or not we've messed this up so bad to think that we got to do this all by ourselves. See, we're de- we've defined holiness as set apart, meaning we're set apart from evil and sin. But I did not say that we were supposed to be alone. Holiness means separation from sin. It does not mean separation from those who are called to help you stay away from sin. See, see, I think a lot of times what we do is we fall to sin that we would not normally fall to because we separate ourselves from the safety net that God has placed in our life that we're the, our people that are supposed to help us. Our, our culture right now is telling us to practice um, uh, uh, this, this thing called um, uh, uh, social distancing, right? Our problem is, is we're practicing, practicing spiritual distancing, and we keep pulling away from people that God sent to help us live holy. So, so practically speaking, um, what does this look like? How do we assist one another? Uh, how do we help each other carry our daily cross? Uh, how does that work? If this is a team sport, if I need your assistance to stay holy, how do you help me? Well, I, I, I reflected back. Okay, Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of fame of faith, right? The Hebrew writer comes along in Hebrews chapter 12 And he makes this statement in chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, I believe it is. He says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it, strip down, start running and never quit. No no extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. So, So then he says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Remember what Jesus did, all this stuff. And I started thinking about it. I'm not trying to take it out of context. I recognize that when the writer says, uh, in this version anyway, there's this, uh, all these pioneers ahead of us, the version you're familiar with says there's a great cloud of witnesses. I recognize, I'm not taking it out of context. I recognize that what he's talking about are the, fame, the Hall of Fame guys that are dead and gone. They're in the stands cheering for us. I get that. But what if we could make this current? What if when we were about, because he says, if you would remember that the Hall of Famers are up there and they're cheering us on, we would run the race differently. 
We would lay aside sin. We would lay aside things that so easily entangle us. We would be able to make the sacrifices that we need to make. We would lay down addictions. We would lay down uh, lust. We would lay down pride. We would lay all this stuff down because we would remember that the Hall of Famers are up there cheering us on. But what if we could make it current? What if the way we're supposed to help each other be holy is that I don't just look for somebody up in the sky cheering me on. What if all around me, the people that God has connected me to in this body right here, about the time I'm ready to stumble, about the time I'm ready to throw in the towel, about the time I'm ready to quit, about the time I'm ready to say something I shouldn't say, about the right time I'm ready to punch somebody right in the face, about the time I'm ready to tell somebody off. What if somebody two rows over, I look and they're cheering me on? Don't quit. Don't give up. Breathe. Don't panic. I grab your arm. I won't let you do that because you're going you're gonna to make a mistake. I, and I assist you. What if we could make it current? What if the way that we help each other as a team sport for each of us to live holy is that we actually root for one another? and encourage one another, and cheer one another on, and, 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 and stand in the gap. I just have this sneaking suspicion that if I, was, if I was aware that you were watching my life, encouraging me now, that I would make better decisions. I'm convinced that if I knew, if on a regular basis I looked over and you're cheering me on and I'm so, somebody's saying, I'm so proud of the, the faith that you exhibit. I'm so proud of how you're living righteously. I'm so proud that you came off the drugs. I'm so proud that you gave this up. I'm so proud that you quit talking like this. I'm so proud. I think maybe, just maybe, that I would be more inclined to turn the channel when it's on something bad. I think I, I would be more inclined to put the drink down that I, that I wanted. I think I would be more inclined to, to put the, the needle down. I think I would be more inclined to stay home on a Friday night rather than going out where I know I don't need to be because I know I got people that are rooting for me, cheering me on, encouraging me. See, I, maybe, maybe we would have more holy people. I want you to hear this statement. Maybe we would have more holy people if holy people would help people be holy. I'm going to amen myself. When I wrote that, I about came out of my office. Maybe we would have more holy people if more holy people would help people be holy. Because most of the holy people in my background, or not most, a lot of the people in my holiness background didn't help me be holy. They wanted, they almost ran me off from holiness because they were so mean. Or judgmental. But maybe if holy people rallied around one another and I watch for you and I encourage you and I cheer you on and I lift you up and I point out what you're doing right instead of what you're, all the stuff you're, now I'm gonna, we're going to come to the wrong, but, but I'm going to point out when you're walking by faith. I'm going to point out when you're doing sacrificial things. I'm, I'm going to point out, maybe if holy people would help, then maybe more people would be holy. I, I remembered the account. I know it's not about holiness. It's about wholeness, which, by the way, never mind, because they're very closely linked. Uh, uh, I, I just remembered that uh, the, the man on the pallet that couldn't walk, he had four friends that carried him to Jesus. They removed all the obstruction so that he could get to Jesus. Maybe if we carried people towards Jesus rather than running them away from Jesus 
there would be more holy people. It's a team sport, y'all. I, I, I'm just convinced. I'm just convinced that without holy, without assistance, holiness is almost almost impossible. But I'm also convinced of this. Here's the second truth: without accountability, holiness is hard, if not impossible. It's a balance. Some of us don't stay holy because all we want is assistance. We don't want anybody to hold us accountable. <laughs> okay, mic drop. Uh, it, see, it's when we learn to run towards each other in our mess rather than hiding that we discover, listen to this, out of our corporate holiness comes healing. That's why James says this in the New Testament. He said you should confess your faults one to another so that you can be made whole. I just wonder if some of us are walking around sick in our spirit, sick in our body, sick in our mind, simply because we won't confess our faults one to another because we don't want anybody to hold us accountable. So how do we help each other? We encourage one another. We cheer one another on. When we see them doing right, we applaud. But we also have a mandate that as a corporate body made up of individuals, we must lean in and allow those around us to hold us accountable. Too often what happens is, is this. Those that witness our mess up, they run away and they point fingers. Or they gossip. Or they post it on Facebook. Or they cut us off. Maybe y'all haven't experienced that. Or the one creating the mess practices spiritual distancing and they turn a deaf ear and they resist help. The end result in either case is destruction. If those that are living holy see somebody faltering and they refuse to say anything or help, then they create destruction. If the one that's messing up, if someone tries to hold them accountable and they won't listen and they won't respond, then they are responsible and destruction comes. That's why, oh man, I, ooh, don't even mess with me. That's why, that's why parenting, listen, y'all young people need to hear me. When a parent comes and holds you accountable, buck up, buttercup. It's time to understand that God sent them to you to assist you in holiness. Oh yeah, y'all, y'all gonna y'all gonna y'all gonna shout me down on that, but let me get to husbands and wives. Because we dealt with a couple many years ago in a church, and the guy was having an affair, and we knew it. We thought he was, he wouldn't admit it, but and we said, give your wife your cell phone and your passwords. Not me, man. My work won't allow me. Bull. He just didn't want anybody to hold him accountable. Cost him his marriage, cost him his kids. But it was our fault. Okay. I knew, I knew, see, we don't, want, we don't want to get it practical unless it's for somebody else. I believe that one of the reasons we struggle to stay holy is that we continue to walk by ourselves rather than, listen to this, committing to holiness in the community of believers that, we are, that, that, that will call us into accountability and carry us when we come up short. You are not in Passion Church just so you can come and experience powerful worship week after week. You are not in Passion Church just so that you can serve as 
as an usher, a greeter, a nursery worker, uh, a partridge in a pear tree, all the other stuff. You are not in passion just so that you can give money. You are not in passion so you can get a cool t-shirt or a bumper sticker. You are a, you are planted in passion because God knew that he could put you here and there would be people here that would be assigned to you to hold you accountable. So lean in. Lean in. There's two, there's two streams of responsibility there. There are those of us here that, are, that for, for you, we're called to hold you accountable. We got to step up and hold you accountable. But there's also the other way. Some of you, there are people here that are assigned to you to hold you accountable. You won't let them. You get mad. Okay. See, even David, I saw Teresa post this on her Facebook. It's where all good stuff comes from anymore, I guess. Facebook, uh, David, David even knew. David, David knew he needed help. He, he needed someone in his life who could discern. We all need somebody in our life that can discern. In Psalm chapter 19, verse 12, he says, but who can discern their own errors? He asked the question, because the truth is most of us can't because we think we're better than that. We don't see ourselves correctly. Okay, Uh, James chapter 5. My dear friends, if you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off. Go after them. There's the responsibility. Get them back and you will have rescued precious lives from destruction and prevented an epidemic of wandering away from God. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivenly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. See, if we approach holiness as a team sport, then what happens is this. We watch for one another. We begin to hold one another accountable. We restore one another. For accountability to work, there must be cooperation on both ends. What does that mean? That means not only does someone have to watch closely enough to see something, then they have to be willing to say something. Sound familiar? See something? Say something. The other person has to be willing to listen. And consider that the person who reached out in concern may actually be right. Oh, come on. Y'all don't play with me. Y'all don't look at me like like I'm crazy. I know some of you have had issues with some of the stuff people are placing on their Facebook. You know how I know? Because I hear you talking about it. But you won't talk to them about it. You just want me to talk to them about it. You do realize that if I talk to them about it, it becomes this escalated big deal why don't you why don't holy people help people be holy why don't you go to them and say man I love you so much and by the, by the way you represent us I'm part of you because we're part of this but I love you too much to let you keep posting this junk on Facebook stop the language quit posting pictures of you drinking I'm tired of seeing y'all pictures of y'all drinking by the way wearing your passion t-shirt drinking we talked about this collective ethic they think we all drink if you if you don't have a conviction against that come talk to me we'll 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 figure it out in scripture 
there's a scriptural stance. But quit posting. We have a responsibility to one another. If I let you do that stuff, or if you let me do that stuff, hey, listen, there's going to be a moment in this thing, because I'm human, and I, I have faster fingers than I have brains, and I'm probably going to type something and put it in sometime, and it's going to represent us badly. I need somebody that has assigned to me out of love, not out of condemnation, to come to me and say, you know what, you probably ought to rethink that post. Or in a conversation, maybe it's a face-to-face conversation. Maybe you're walking through the lobby and I'm railing on somebody for something stupid like there's a napkin on the floor because that's how I am. Uh, but, but, but maybe you ought to stop me and go, you know what, you didn't, man, I'm, a, man, I just, I'm trying to help you be holy. And man, that's a, that's a harsh answer that, that causes wrath. Why don't, why don't you just stop? Man, I love you too much to let you hurt. can tell people you can tell when people don't see holiness as a team sport you know how they won't say anything okay we've already talked about this we are I'm almost back into six foot baby we've graduated from me to you and from me to we but you can tell when people don't we, we will graduate in that area and never attach holiness to it and I'm trying to attach holiness to it this morning that we have a corporate responsibility for one another we can tell whether you see holiness as a team sport by whether you're willing to say anything but that's, that's a risk I'm uncomfortable with that so grow up because the scripture says that if we don't say anything we lead to that person's destruction we play a part in that person's destruction the devil did it. No. We, we played a part in their destruction because we refused to say anything. You can also tell when people don't see holiness as a team sport when someone won't listen. Because when people are willing to live up to the accountability side of things and say something, a lot of us won't participate as a team because we won't say, we won't listen. Well, this is my right. I can do what don't you judge me don't you tell me what to do I can do anything I want to do no you can't not according to scripture because we're connected see something say something something said hear their heart I'm going to say it again see something say something you have a responsibility it's team sport they can't get to the Hall of Fame without you. But if somebody says something, hear their heart. They might just be right. We are responsible for each other's holiness. I'm done right here. We can only live up to 1 Peter chapter 2 together. Together we are a chosen people together we are a royal priesthood together together it takes all of us we are a holy nation I cannot be a chosen people by myself 
I cannot be a royal priesthood all by myself. I cannot be a holy nation all by my lonesome. Can't even pull it off with my just me and my wife. Can't pull it off with just me, my wife, and my kids. With me, my wife, my kids, my parents, and my youth pastor. Can't pull it off with me, myself, my wife, my kids, my parents, my youth pastor, and his wife and his kids. We are a royal, chosen, holy nation. Because if it's just me and Julie and the kids and my parents and Drew and his wife and his kids and my other team members and their spouses and their kids, we're we're a holy village. And we're called as a holy nation. I want to challenge you this morning, and I'm going to lay it down right here. Just throw the gauntlet down. Why don't we as passion change how people look at holiness by doing it like this? Let's, as holy people, help people be holy. Let's cheer for them. Let's root them on. Let's call out the good stuff they do. What? You used to say this, now you don't? Man, that's awesome. You had, a, you had an opportunity right there to use the language you used to, to use and you chose not to. Congrats, bro. So proud of you. You used to talk back to your parents when they asked you to do this, and now you willingly go do it without arguing. So proud of you. You used to post stuff every other day on Facebook because you didn't have a life. Never mind. Because you didn't, because, because you you used to post stuff all the time on Facebook, but now your Facebook posts, I see they're changing and they're uplifting and they're actually pointing people to Jesus. I'm so proud of you. And we help each other be holy. But let's go one further step. Let's begin to lean in and hold one another accountable. Because a man cannot discern his own faults. And I need you in love. In love. Speak the truth in love. Out of love, I come to you and say, man, I'm for you. I'm not against you. But I see this, and I need you to think about it. Just think about it. I'm not saying God told me. I just see it. I just... Maybe he did tell me, but I'm just telling you. Would you just think about it? Could you take an alternate route? Could, could you go to them instead of calling Pastor Steve and saying, hey, can you deal with this? Yeah, I can deal with it. But it'll destroy them. Have you... Oh, I might as well preach. Ain't nobody coming to second service anyway. They're all scared. All right. So... Uh, have you ever been, do you remember what it was like to be in grade school when a, when a friend warned you, man, you're doing this and you're going to get in trouble? As opposed to the teacher realizing you were doing something, getting in trouble, it escalates. You're the first line of defense. I'll deal with it if necessary. I'm, listen, I'm not afraid. Not afraid. I am not afraid. All right? There are people that I run around with, the other pastors that hate confrontation. It's like, it's like hunting and fishing to me. It's probably a hobby. All right? Because I'm so black and white. If you haven't experienced that, grace be unto you because it's coming. All right? Ask my kids. I am black and white. I don't have a problem with it. But my, my thing is, is that we've moved from sheep to shepherd. You're responsible just as much as I'm responsible. Help them. Don't let them wander into destruction. Some of y'all know something. Mm, boy, I can feel that. Ooh. I got to stop. But some of y'all know some folks in this body that have been addicted to drugs and alcohol. And you know people that, and, and let me stop there. Drugs and alcohol. Let me just stop, stop right there and then I'll go some other places real quick. 
drugs and alcohol, but you'll watch them post drink, drinking on their Facebook all day long and never say anything, knowing it's going to lead them to destruction. Some of you watch people move from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship and you know that if they keep going down the same path and make the same stupid decisions they made in the previous relationship, it's going to lead to another broken relationship and we won't say anything. You watch people that have gone into financial trouble, they can't hold down a job, they they make stupid purchases and you're right there when they do it. And you'll compliment the car. And never go, wait a minute, did you really think about what that's going to cost you? Because now you, you don't, you, you've got so much debt, you can't even pay your rent. You just went and bought a $50,000 car. What are you, let me help you. Let, let me help you. I got to stop. Holiness without assistance is impossible. Holiness without accountability is impossible. This is a team sport. See something, say something. Hear something said, hear their heart. Father, I pray this morning that you would say what I cannot say in this amount of time. I pray that you would help us to to, to be holier than we've ever been. I pray that in this body, I, I can't speak to the other bodies. I'm speaking to this body. God, I pray in this body that we would change how we view holiness. And although we understand the individual aspects and, and elements of it and the implications of it, and although we know that we each have personal responsibility that we have to do, nobody can... Nobody can uh, stand before you for me I've got to stand before you I get that but I pray that we would change how we see holiness and we would recognize that there is a team element to it and I'm asking you to help us as holy people to help people be holy by assisting them encouraging them rooting them on and also by holding each other accountable so that we will look more like your son Jesus rather than less. I ask you to accomplish this. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.